welcome to the Faith in the Fire podcast. My name is Noelle Lynn. I will be your host, and I am so excited that you are here. I have wanted to start this podcast for years, and I've had it on my heart, and I've had a heart for helping other folks go through, you know, some darker times or some some pretty fiery times. Uh, in their life and the time is now it is here and we are we are doing this thing so I'm excited Uh, so a little bit about me I was raised in Ohio uh, by my biological mother and what would have been my stepfather however he did when I was in elementary school he did end up adopting myself and my my two siblings so I from a very young age have understood kind of having family members that are outside of your bloodline and accepting other people as your own people, uh, regardless of where, you know, their, their genes or genetics or their, their heritage is from. So, uh, I grew up in a very, very small, uh, country town, farm town, uh, called Minster, Ohio. And uh, I graduated in a class of 64 students, just to kind of give you an idea of how small my world was. And so at a, at a very young age, I also took to uh, loving music. So all through high school, I was kind of, I was a band geek. I was, you know, uh, I did the musicals and I took voice lessons. And I've always kind of just had an appreciation for music. So that's who I was. However, in my little hometown, it, if you weren't, you know, an athlete or if you weren't, um, you know, one of the, the more academic focused students, you didn't get a whole lot of attention. Uh, not that I needed the attention. It was just kind of like I, I was kind of in the background for the majority of my, my years there in, in high school. So, um, while in band, though, I did meet a young man, um, and we dated for a little bit in, in high school, and he was a freshman when I, when I was a senior, and I was his section leader. That's how we how we met, and um, when I went off to college, he and I kind of went our separate ways, and I went to Bowling Green State University to study music, and he stayed back and did his thing. Uh, about my fourth year in, in Bowling Green, he ended up, uh, he and I ended up rekindling some things and, uh, we, we did get back together and right around that time he was, he was deploying. So we did get married and he, he ended up deploying about, you know, three days later. So our, our honeymoon period, I guess you could say was very short lived and it got very serious very quickly. So while he was away in the military, I had just graduated from Bowling Green State University with a degree in music education uh, with an emphasis on choral music education. Now, let me just be clear here. I never wanted to major in education. As a matter of fact, when I was growing up, I disliked kids. I was never a fan of them. They were a nuisance. I was never that kid that, you know, babysat for the neighbors. I would babysit every once in a while and man, I couldn't wait till that was over. I was just not a fan of kids. They more so got in the way than anything else. So, you know, when I went into education or went into college, I actually started off as a vocal performance major. 
And my dream was to play Belle on Broadway. And for those of you who don't know, Belle is the main princess character from Beauty and the Beast, which is a, is a Disney film that came out in the 90s. Shout out to all you 90s babies. Uh, and what I didn't know is that Disney has a very strict height requirement for anybody who wants to play a Disney princess. And each princess has their specific range, uh, height range that you have to fall within. Well, I believe Belle was between something like 4'11 and 5'2 or 5'3, something absolutely ridiculous. And my biological father is like 6'6, 6'7, somewhere around there. He's a giant. And my biological mother is 5'1. And so I, you know, landed smack dab in the middle of that sitting at 5'10. But (laughs) I, my dreams of being Belle were ruined by the time I was in the eighth grade or probably before that. So, uh, I had gone off to college thinking that I was going to have this, you know, great career being Belle on Broadway and it was smashed in the first year. So after my first year, that's when I switched to the music education degree. And that was really and truly just a backup for me. I had no intention of actually seeing that career out uh, for a long period of time, nor was I excited to be a teacher. So uh, that'll give you a little bit of insight into kind of where I was at that time. So my, my husband at the time, he goes off and he, he's in the military. I graduate from college that May and I moved down to Texas because it was May of 2008 that the economy had just crashed. And so that year we had like six schools in, in Toledo, Ohio, six public schools like shut their doors. And so there were virtually no jobs up there. And not only that, I hate the cold. So as soon as I could get down south, I did. And I ended up, you know, finding a job in little Deer Park, Texas, uh, where I was, you know, an assistant. I was actually the third assistant to the head choir director. And, uh, you know, I got, I got to God's country as soon as I could. And I ended up working underneath one of the, probably the best known choir directors, uh, in, in the state, if not the nation. Uh, and I was, I was very fortunate to have two other assistants that kind of led me through those beginning years of my career and really set me up for success and gave me a, a good understanding of what the education system in Texas was like and how to succeed and how to navigate it well. So really God put me in a really good spot. So I ended up working there for a couple years, had my first baby Riley. Uh, she is awesome. She is feisty and fiery and very much like me. And so I've got my hand full, my hands full with that one. She's 12 now. Uh, and then when she was born, I kind of decided to go down to the junior high level or the middle school level, sixth, seventh, and eighth grade, because it was, high school just took too much time and I had this newborn. So I moved down to the middle school level. And, um, when Riley was six months old, I found out I was pregnant with Owen. So it's a good thing that I did. Uh, and he was born in July of 2011. And so he is now 11 years old. They are 15 months apart. And, you know, the, the year after he was born, I actually had taken a job as the head director, opening a brand new school, Salyards Middle School in Cypher ISD. It was probably the most fun I had ever had. I got to see the inner workings of a school. 
Oh man, it was fun. And the things that you don't consider, like, you know, starting school without like a classroom door because it wasn't completed. And, you know, it was just, it was just a, a, a great time. And I had some great kids. I still, you know, I stay in contact with those kids uh, to this day. It was, it was a great time. And uh, about the a year after I started that, I was called back uh, to go back to Deer Park to work in a uh, middle school that was kind of hurting. The choir program had had some issues, and I had every intention of becoming an assistant principal at this point uh, because <clears throat> working at Bonnet especially, I learned or I realized and I recognized that typically the challenging or troubled kids uh, gravitated toward me, and they just, I mean, at one point, you know, we had a choir full of, full of 36 boys at Bonnet Junior High, and, uh, you know, we jokingly called it Thug Choir 101 because every kid in there was, like, just, like, the last person you would think that would join choir, and I just, I loved those kids, and, you know, I often would joke about the fact that I didn't see myself as a choir teacher at all. I, I saw myself teaching life through the the medium, the medium of which was music. So I was a, a life teacher, and I was using music as, you know, my my way of reaching these kids. And so uh, that was probably the, the school that got me to kind of realize, hey, Noelle, you really need to take a different direction with this. And, you know, we have two kids now, and a raise would be nice. <laughs> we were living on um, one income at the time, and, and at that time I my now ex-husband had gotten back from Iraq. He had started working, you know, kind of for a car dealership at first, and then he was working to become a police officer, and he was just getting ready to get hired as a police officer. And so once he was hired, I went ahead and took the leap, got my principal certification, and um, within the year, I was working at Sam Rayburn High School in Pasadena ISD in Pasadena, Texas. And that school is where my life really got flipped upside down and um in in a good way though in a in a really good way so again same pattern all the all the challenging kids but you know as an assistant principal that's who you work with most of the time is you know those kids that that are in trouble all the time they're either disrespecting the teachers or they are late to class or skipping school or, or what have you any number of things and so those are the kids that you're working with on a consistent basis well that was a gold mine for me. And I, you know, I would spend oh, so much time just pouring into these kids and trying to teach them everything and, you know, transfer as much wisdom as I could in the little time I had with them. And during that time, I actually ended up adopting a, a couple of kids from that school. And along with them came some kids that they had other connections with. So, in about a, a span of two years, I added four kids uh, to our family. So we went from four kids to, to six kids. And so there were eight of us living in the home. And that's where things really get interesting. It's one thing to be raising your own children that you've raised from birth that have only known your systems and your your lifestyle and your morals and your values. It's another thing to take on some kids who have maybe had some less than desirable circumstances and have grown up in some situations and some environments that have caused trauma, right? Now, we all go through trauma and it hits us differently 
and we we deal with it differently but when you're in a an environment that is just littered with trauma for years and years and years and years and you are put in that situation to have to withstand that trauma repeatedly over those years it does a number on you so bringing in you know a couple of those kids that had been in some pretty extreme situations really and truly changed the way one I parented uh, how I viewed people's behaviors it forced me to learn about the brain and how we develop and how neuroplasticity comes into play when we want to change a behavior or change a perception that we have about the world and so these kids really started to teach me about myself about the world about people how to love people well how to be uh, effective with people and what people really need or what people are presenting as their need may not be what they actually need and so it really taught me how to get to the root of issues and you know dig deep and start rebuilding or start you know initiating those those healing those healing that healing process uh, by getting to the the root of that issue and so I spent a lot of time digging in and uncovering and revealing and exposing all of these things that these kids have gone through and so that took a lot of my time and as a result you know a lot of the times when you are a parent of a kid that has experienced trauma their behaviors and how they lash out and how they handle different things and their uncontrolled emotions can often result in you experiencing secondary traumas because of their behavior so I did too go through a period of that as well and it was intense and it was I mean I I don't wish that on my worst enemy and yet I'm thankful for that time because I grew so much as a as a person as a mother and I really feel like it has created in me the ability to love people the way Jesus has us love people or wants us to love people and meet them where they are versus having these expectations of what they should be and I I really try to get to understand a person so that I can love that person exactly how they are before passing judgment or before moving forward in that relationship you know it really helped me uh, deepen deepen my relationships with people what it didn't help me with though was my relationship with my my husband at the time and we oh man we went through it and you know he had his own traumas and he had his things that he went through and I'm uh, we don't need to touch on that he's not here to defend himself and I don't think it's necessary to even bring that into the picture because we're focusing on the experiences that I've learned and the lessons that I've learned and what I can bring to you and I can't share from somebody else's experiences or somebody else's uh, growth what they've learned I especially when they're not here so um we, we can just say there were issues on both sides and what I contributed to that was the fact that I had poured every ounce of my energy into these kids that came with issues and even to the point where our biological children like I was left with barely anything to even offer my my biological children and they you know 
they're just the the coolest kids on the face of the earth and I really think that experiencing having these these siblings come into our family really made them some of the most compassionate kids I've ever met and and I'm grateful for them and the amount of grace that they extended to me while I poured into their siblings just to try to catch them up to to where they they should be and so you know at the end of the at the end of every day I just I was literally drained I was I was physically and emotionally drained and I was spiritually beaten and as much as I tried to reach for God to help it didn't it didn't matter because at the end of the day I just retook control of the situation and I didn't let God in to help anyway I I was bound and determined to to fix these kids and so it really started to take a toll on me and thus my marriage and um those secondary traumas really, you know, definitely played a role in the the division between my spouse and I, and ultimately led to our our divorce. Uh, now looking back, uh, I I don't regret getting divorced, and I I I think that we're both better off. I know that we're both better off this way, and uh, God has a plan for for both of us, and so I don't regret getting divorced however I do look back now and I can see where where I played my part in in causing that I know where he played his parts uh in the moment though you I only saw his role right and so in in my mind I was completely justified and he was the bad guy and uh the the divorce happened because there were two broken people in a relationship and two broken people that didn't know how to heal and so that's ultimately what you know, caused the separation and divorce. And looking back, I'm also very thankful because I learned so much. And if you haven't noticed a pattern, one of the things that I'll be talking about is how in your brokenness, in your dark times, in, in the fire is when you learn the most, the most lessons, you know, they call it the refiner's fire for a reason. You are in that fire and you are becoming greater and so that's exactly what happened in my situation I was in that fire and I was growing in strength in perseverance in wisdom in maturity and I was being refined that entire time and you know the refiner's fire is not comfortable it's not comfortable it hurts when you get burned and there is you know even a metaphorical burning hurts and so in that time like it was it was excruciatingly painful and you know we'll we'll get into the details of how I uh the mistakes that I made and what I learned and how how I would do it differently if I if I could do it again but uh, that's basically that brings us up to where I am now and uh I am I am currently you know just living my best life and growing and taking steps toward God and just still trying to figure it out I've been humbled and this is just a really great place for me to be and I'm going to enjoy it while I'm here uh, because I know that there will come other times where I'll be down in that valley again and um, learning and being refined and so I I wouldn't say that I'm on a mountain right now Uh, however I wouldn't say that I'm in a valley I'm just I just kind of am and it's a really really fun place to be and so I'm gonna I'm gonna enjoy it now 
I want to talk to you a little bit about, you know, the purpose of this podcast. Why did I decide to come out here and start talking about all my junk? Well, my heart and my intention for this is that I can help somebody and that I can reveal where God was in every single experience I've gone through. I also want you guys to see that pain is painful, but it it doesn't have to be complicated. And there's a simple explanation for every bit of painful experience or hard time or, you know, unfortunate situation. There is there's a simple explanation for it. And there is a simple solution. And so my hope is to kind of bring bring some simplicity to your world, help you see things in a different way that, you know, instead of it being chaotic and overwhelming and seeming like this big giant or this big mountain in your way, I want, I want to turn that mountain into a molehill for you so that you can approach every situation that life throws your way with confidence, with, you know, with peace, with calm and really thrive in any season that you're in. So that is, that is my intent. That is the goal of this podcast. Now, we're going to break this down into small, small, small aspects of, of life. And, you know, we're going to talk about relationships and we're going to talk about, you know, small details within those relationships and how you can build on that. We're going to talk about business. We're going to talk about your career. We're going to talk about how to address things that come up in your finances. And uh, we're going to we're going to go through any troubled situation that we can think of. We're going to talk about adoption. We're going to talk about parenting. We're going to talk about all of it. And hopefully, you know, at the end of the day, you walk away with some tools and some resources that you can implement right away in your life that will help bring you peace. So that's all I have for you today. And I just want to remind you, it's fine. You're fine. Everything's fine. You just got to have faith in the fire. Until next time.